0: Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Rankable Podcast. My name is Garrett Sussman, Demand Generation Manager at iPoll Rank, and I am super excited today. I'm talking to a brilliant individual, Mr. Gianluca Fiorelli. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Gianluca. He is a strategic and international SEO consultant. He Self, self-proclaimed gen x seo which which means you know he he appreciates pop culture he's he's been in the movie industry he's been in the tv industry he's actually you know gotten won a few different awards for in his past life uh but then again he's been an seo for ne- nearly 20 years at this point uh absolutely loves to talk about the future of google and seo although he's not you know all about just SEO. He has a lot of different passions, whether it's you know painting his mini figurines, hanging out with his family, cooking. He's an Italian living in Spain. Thank you so much for joining me today, Gianluca. How are you doing, man? I'm
1: fantastic. Well, how are you doing, Garrett? Right.
0: I'm, do- I'm doing great. I've been really excited. I mean, I've been following you on Twitter for the longest time. And I remember, and I want to dive right in because in this episode, we're talking all about Developments with multimodal, um, mom, Google, ChatGPT. But I want to go back to June 2022 when you wrote a really interesting article called, Oh, My Mom, or How to Think SEO in the Era of Algorithms Based on AI. And in that article... You talk all about this idea of how the buyer's journey is not this simple funnel anymore. It is a much more complicated, messy middle. And the way that Google is developing SERPs and trying to refine the way that we search through different queries and entity-based SEO... The buyer's journey is changing. Can you kind of set the scene and tell me about how you think about the messy middle and and the way that Google's evolving?
1: Um, actually, the messy middle for people around my age, or I mean, also you, remember the first time we were all excited about the internet and we were spending hours and hours clicking from one website to another website and then going to search and then returning from search and going to another website and searching, digging into the search. Substantially, the messy middle is this behavior. And this behavior actually never disappeared. It's there. and But, you know, the marketing gurus decided that you do a search, you find an answer, you enter in a website and stay on the website, or at maximum, you return to on the same search and click another results on the same search, which is not true. I mean, never was so true. So substantially, the messy middle is Google trying to preview what could be the next step of a person inside the search. So if I am searching in my article, I was using example of the meanings because it's uh, my hobby, it's the easiest way to talk about something without needing to cite clients, for instance. So let's say I'm starting with um, a search, simple search about Star Wars Legion, for instance. In my article, I was citing the Star Wars Legion game, a tabletop game, and okay, Google is, with just this search, trying to um, guess what possibly could be my next search. And knowing that probably I will click on search results, but maybe I won't be satisfied. It's already telling me, are you sure you just want to, to know something general about this, or you want to, to know and to understand um, if you want to search about how to paint? Hmm. Star Wars Legion meanings, or how to um, build up, or how to play with, or what are the rules, what are the characters. So Google is substantially anticipating everything in order to let you refine your own search inside Google. So that's why in in the beginning of the article, I was also saying, is it true this big worry about the zero-click search, for instance? Because if we think so, we can consider that okay, uh, we we'll do a search and we don't click on anything. It's not necessarily because we read a fetch of a snippet. I mean, it would be really stupid for us to think only this is the only reason. Uh, maybe because just Google is presenting us alternative to refine this search. So the job of, a, of an SEO in our case is to understand do the same job Google does and use Google itself in order to understand what Google is previewing in order to be always visible, the most visible brand during these steps. It is not a really, um, I mean, it's relatively simple as a concept, but it's sometimes in our SEO world, the simple strings seems we are to understand uh, and everybody is starting to to get to we have a f- wonderful phrase catch phrase made uh, in, in spain which is risare rizo which is which does mean risare riso is to you know when you're with um, with uh, your hairs and you're starting how do you call it
0: pull out your hair brush it uh you yeah
1: to brush it your hair so you can have a curl. And mm. this is sometimes what what us marketers in SEO, but also in other channels, we do. We start r- brushing yeah. the curl, the air, so much in order to understand something that we forget. To that point,
0: it's like, you know, there, there are all these tools to help you. And then you're actually a big advocate of like going to the SERP and looking at the results and looking at the navigation, the hints that Google is kind of giving you, because ultimately, when you're talking about that messy middle, there's that exploration kind of section of the journey, and then there's the evaluation. Yeah. And so to your point about being visible on the SERP, you bring up this idea of, you know, common SEO idea, but a barnacle SEO to kind of get that visibility. What's that look like?
1: Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. I mean, mm, I, I love tools. This is a disclaimer that I need to do because uh, I, I have many friends Working on tools oh, yes. and creating tools. Yeah. So I love them. And, uh, but sometimes I think that they focus too much, maybe on a very distinctive, precise thing. Uh, for instance, uh, uh, I love tools that helps you cluster a lot of keywords. Yeah. But then I'm saying, okay, uh, one of our this is a wonderful tool for for agency, for instance, or for single individuals that are working on topics that doesn't know anything about those topic. But if you know the topic, I mean, clustering is a good way to help you help your work making and make it faster. But you should know what are the clusters, mm-hmm. for instance. So you should. Eventually understand how, I always have this P that tools should help us in understanding better the informational architecture of a website
0: mm-hmm.
1: instead of telling us what these things are meaning and what you have to do. And then obviously I love tools because uh, yes, I say you have to look to a search, but obviously you cannot do it for 10,000 keywords. So, right. Uh, tools that can really help us in this sense. So in scaling our job, but then obviously for the most important things, yes, let's go watching it reserves because sometimes you can have surprises and what a tool is telling you is commercial is not so commercial at all or yeah. transactional is not transactional. So these are, there are all these nuances. And what is a problem? One of the biggest problems tools have is that they always offer us a really timely uh, shot of the moment. Mm-hmm. They don't offer never offer you uh, the seasonality. There are very, 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 very few tools with that space. One is Italian. And I've, unfortunately, it is just starting now to, to expand also to an international market. But very few give us give you a real uh, understanding of the evolution of a searching interview over here, for instance. Right. Right. Which I mean, is, I mean, I mean, this is fundamental.
0: Yes, exactly. And and I think that kind of leads into the idea of understanding these SERPs and what Google is doing with... So you and I, before this podcast, started, we were talking about Jeff Dean's uh, research article and talking about yeah. some of the multimodal developments. Like, obviously, ChatGPT has taken the the mainstream and the SEO community by storm. But you and I were talking about, like, you know, one of Google's goals is to become more natural and not let the limitations of Search, prevent us from interacting with it what are you seeing how does the multimodal developments and mom kind of play back to this this messy middle journey um
1: uh, i mean it's uh mom is, is how google is treating wants to treat the messy middle the messy middle uh because uh, the messy middle is also i start to a search then I go click on a video embedded on Google and go YouTube
0: yeah
1: another uh, another search and then I say uh, uh, I return so it, it it's really the messy middle is a synonym. Mum, multimodal. I need to. Uh, um, messy middle is a combination of typology of search. It's text search, image search, video search, audio search, podcast search. It's everything. The concept of, as I say, also the article. But Google is a liquid ecosystem. You you start the search from one platform. It could be your phone with lens that's why lens is important for the mom For mom, and you lens is bringing, is bringing you to a textual search into uh i don't know merchant yeah. and not really google search you are in merchants uh, on the organic merchant and start looking at it and then go to a google search in order to have reviews and so on so it's a system that we should think when we think in an SEO in a strategical, as a strategical tool, that's why it's only concentrating our, ourselves on the content of our website and not on the content of what we create around our website, for instance. That's why the, the return of the Barnacle SEO that I was taking uh, in the article. I mean, that's because you have to be visible everywhere. And sometimes you cannot be visible with your own content, with your own website or web properties, because maybe you don't have a budget for having the most wonderful YouTube channel, for instance. So you have to to do the preventive outreach in order to create that content that will bring you interest and about your brand, so on. So that actually is not, at the end of the day, on a practical side, Uh, optimizing for what was before the messy middle and not optimizing for what is the messy middle is not so different. It's just being more able to uh, individuate your opportunities and prioritize them and work on them. And being a lot of technical issues involved because you have to consider how you have to feed the monster, which is the AI of Google in order to have the AI of Google um, promoting you better, more evidently, than others. And this is the problem that I see in chat For instance, I mean, is uh, Google always said we want to be, since really many, many years, since the very beginning, wants to be the Star Trek computer. And I mean, one of the reasons of a Star Trek computer is that you can do and follow a search
0: Mm.
1: With every mean you have. So mm. you can do it with your eyes, with your voice, your, with your fingers of so typing. And this is something that uh, a wonderful tool like Ch- ChatGPT misses. I mean, I don't think that most of the time that people are saying, ah, ChatGPT is giving us horrible answers and so on. I mean, nobody is born as a prompt engineer engineer i don't believe that uh i don't know my mom or my even my wife or my sons who are skilled uh going on chat gpt and start typing a a perfect prompt to obtain the best answer so a a friend of mine italian friend of mine uh, alessio Polaro, who is really skilled about everything ai uh show us how you can give a prompt which is not so perfect and um, chatgpt is giving you a, a wrong answer and then you say no sorry chatgpt the fact is this so who won this gold medal in the olympics game of a few years ago and I say chatgpt says oh i'm sorry you are right these two guys won for the first time in history the two Two gold because they it was, I think, Jump, one of the games right. of Jump. And so an Italian and uh, another guy from another nation did the same score. Uh, so for the first time, they needed to to, put, to give them two gold medals, no silver and one bronze. So wow. <laughs> ChatGPT, I mean, this is a fact before 2021. So ChatGPT should know it right but if you are not able to give a good prompt it's going to give you a wrong answer
0: you know it's it's really interesting it really highlights because i think we i've seen in in you know on social media people being like well people are not going to write anymore because they're going to depend on ai generative content and it makes me think if anything to your point about prompt engineering, tools like Chat GPT or any sort of AI generation are gonna have to make us better communicators because you still have to be able to communicate what you're thinking. Like if you want a graphic designer to design something for you, and you can't, you know, articulate exactly what you actually want designed in the right style, including with why they're not gonna be a mind reader. And any sort of AI tool is the same way. Yes, it can take as much context from your previous searches as you mentioned but it's not going to be able to like know exactly what you're thinking without you explaining it coherently
1: yes and i mean this need to really explain in detail i mean we are talking of a chat gpt uh, of gpt 3 so let's surely this is a technology that is going to improve wonderfully in the next future chat gpt four, for instance but i mean if you, if for doing a search and having an answer, you have to spend so much time explaining something that you want to search. Yeah. I mean, why Google should worry? Google, right? Google already knows what you want. So that, that's and, what I'm going to ask is how do you think Google? And that's why the middle is existing. And the problem is Google has, you know, Lambda, Palm.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: These are the most known, but if you read the Jeff Dean article, I mean, it's. I, I think there are at least fifty links to uh, patents and studies and things that they are already doing in every field. So the problem is, we are not a startup. We don't need to go out with something that could be defined as a pre-alpha. Yes, right. Uh, tool, we don't need it. We it, it, I, we don't need to uh, destroy our reputation, but we are trying to build as a trustable source of information with something that is spitting you answers that are not trustable. For instance, another things that mm, you were saying before: Ah, oh, no writers are going to exist anymore. So, if it's so, in future, GPT is going to give us. Answer only based on something created by chat gpt, for instance, right? Which is substantially absurd. I mean, uh, I don't think it's <laughs> it's something that we should aim to have. Uh, and secondly, I think that I mean uh, for instance, ChatGPT, it's a wonderful tool if you want to do something like this, for instance, to prepare a brief, to have a rough idea of what can be the, the development of, of a text, and then give it, OK, this is something I have in mind to give you a brief, So because sometimes you don't have the time to do a brief, or you don't have the skill to do a brief. For instance, uh, moving to a totally different kind of generative algorithm, I love to use my journey, apart for fun, for visualizing what I want to paint. Yeah. what kind of palette, color palette I want to use in my painting, what kind of use of lighting, and so on. If I have to choose complementary color, if I want to choose uh, tetradic color, or triadic color, or something like this. So this is really wonderful for me to, to, to visualize something, that it's harder for me to then always maintain in my head. So I have this photo. I can compare it with the photo of my model, so I see what about what what I can do with this, and according to the things I want to create.
0: So to your point, so- I mean, Chat GPT is only text-based, and you anticipate what the multimodal art research article that Jeff Dean produced and what Google's working on. What do you anticipate? Google to look like in terms of going forward? Like maybe they don't necessarily do like a chat bot within search, but how do you anticipate them leveraging these technologies and how will it impact SEO? I
1: mean, I think it will be. Yes, I don't think they are going to the Microsoft way with the chat. Mm. Uh, because they already, I mean, the chat is already there in Google Assistant. Yeah. What I see is. Uh, Google is going to give us all these things in, in a somehow invisible way. Mm. Because just consider this, we have Google in our phone, we have Google in our Nest, we have Google in our Android TVs. is talking, for instance, I'm not a, a, a PPC people, but nobody is really talking about the importance of Google, what is doing Google with YouTube, on tv
0: yeah and
1: we have a possibility of adver- of uh, really intelligent advertising on tv inside youtube and maybe because everybody uh who should talk about this i have a youtube premium i don't see the, the advertisement but i don't have youtube premium i see the advertising how it's evolving <laughs> and so that for instance these are kind of changes that google is permeated permeating almost our technology so I can think it a lot about um, how this sort of search of searching can start from really everywhere so we are in our kitchen and we can ask a Google assistant which can be maybe it's not in the in the nest maybe it's in our fridge maybe it's in our cooking it's in, everywhere so uh okay Google how how much? How much time I have to take um, to wait for the pasta to be cooked, which is a yeah. question not to be. that Italians already know the answer, but maybe I do right, know. Right, right. You, you <laughs> would be caught dead in Italy <laughs> yeah. asking how to so, cook anything. So, and Google is telling you, and maybe it's okay. Uh, uh, tell me, maybe you have a the nest there and you cannot do something like this. And you can, you can ask us. Ask me. Uh, tell me about how to do sweet. Google is already giving you, what is this model are going to give you is a better a better answer. I mean, the answer, one of the things that really uh, had an interest, was interested in reading about the Jeff Dean article was everything related to translation. You know, I'm Italian, yeah. live in Spain, and I work a lot with an international uh, clients. And uh, the fact that Google is really trying to improve the natural language uh, comprehension of the algorithms, uh, in a translation, in, in this ability of translating without needing to pass from English, which is one of the most important things of mom, yeah, is for me is super important because this is something that is really going to help you in in creating your research in every place everywhere you are.
0: Yes, combining... I mean, as an international SEO, like having understanding the cultural nuances as well, which I imagine mom will help with all like yeah. the contextual information as you build out content. Still
1: with some difficulty, as yes, but uh, you remember just last week what Danny Sullivan was saying because here in Spain, we we have Spain, Spanish is one of the four, mm-hmm. uh, uh, yes, of the four official language of Spanish, of Spain, so it's right. Spanish. Catalan, Basque, and Galician. Where should it be also Valencian? Because also Valencian is an official language for for Spain, but it's not included in in Google. Uh, And so Google is still having some difficulty in this sense. But it's really interesting because, for instance, what was coming out, if I'm able to offer you uh, automatically a translation from a Japanese website, to your language without passing through English. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I see many, many times doing international SEO. I want to text to, for instance, a Dutch website. I don't know Dutch. And Google is immediately translating me to Spanish because, yeah. and they say, no, I don't translate it. I want to see how it is in Dutch because you are giving me. But this is fantastic because it's, okay, if there is no content about something in your own language, I don't care, I don't want present you a Japanese website because maybe yeah. it's the one that is giving you the best information about it.
0: Yeah, you don't get and penalized for being a it for language. You. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and I will translate it for you automatically. And this will, is Gianluca. And we we change the fact that he's writing the title tags and it probably is going to rewrite the title tags from Japanese to, to Spanish or English for me. I don't know, maybe this is something that we will see. So. This is the, the fantastic things and lens. For, I'm in love with lens since lens was launched a few years ago. Uh, it was, I think, it, 2018, something like this. And the possibility that lens is giving us—it's it, really the core center of everything multimodal.
0: Yeah, lens I was and- I was shocked how many people are using it already. <laughs> I didn't think a lot of people were, but not only for translation of like actual signage, but just for identifying yeah, I, 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 in the wild, yeah. e-commerce. For instance, I
1: was traveling back in December in Marrakesh, in Morocco. Uh, Obviously, uh, even if people were all everybody speaks Spanish or Italian. I mean, for when you were working, and thanks to Lens, I was able to understand the Arabic uh, sign and everything like this. So this is fundamental. But it's not just that. It's also uh, the classic showrooming. When you go in a shop and you want to, okay, well, I really like this gadget, but what people say is about this gadget? Because I mean, I can ask to the clerk, but the clerk is going to tell me absolutely that it's wonderful. But if you want to have some information in the moment, I use Lens and search on Google. And maybe with Google, I can understand if it's convenient to buy it in the store or not, or buy it directly online. And yeah, so in this sense, um, search is changing a lot and it's going to change a lot. And our strategy too must change. We don't we need to stop about one search one click. We have to start thinking as search as a search session, which can be a long moment. I mean, in luxury, a search session can be six months exactly and it would be myopic to think just uh buy diamonds online and one clicks and already buy a diamond online now you have to preview all of these six months and you must be visible during these six months because if you are just in the first click opportunity and not in the other during the six months probably you are going to be forgotten
0: yeah. In some ways, it's simpler. Like there's more simplicity to do it. In other ways, it's more complex because there's so many points of the journey. John, this is fascinating. I We should have a part two because I mean, us. I, it's so fun to geek out even though, you know, it's fun to geek out over over the future of SEO and all this technology. But I want to get to the rapid fire rankings. Are you ready sure. for some questions? Okay. Put some time on the clock. Cue the music. Here we go. OK, so first off, rank your top three of something, anything that you love most in the world.
1: Uh, OK, one is clear, Pente Minis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, uh, even if it wasn't my first movie I saw in the cinema, I'm of that generation that, I can, that can say that I saw Star Wars in 1977 <laughs> in, the, in this movie theater. And then, um, since I was a kid, I'm a foolish in love with the Lord of the Ring world. So
0: love Lord of the Rings. These
1: are the three things. And, well, if I have to figure instead of other things, then, then maybe less geeky,
0: uh, Egypt. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what rank your best SEO or marketing win? No. Uh,
1: As I was telling you before, when we organized this podcast, I don't have fancy things like, I know this brand uh, working with this super mega important brand. I work also with super mega important brands, but when I was starting doing SEO seriously, one of my first clients was a a really tiny travel agency in Sardinia, which was starting to having to selling, uh, offers for Sardinia online and uh, obviously they didn't have any money for hiring a serious SEO and was in my beginning so we started and uh, it is still a client of mine so this is maybe the, the things i'm most proud of and during all these almost 20 years they moved to the some other equivalent of Nasdaq in, in in italy so for mm-hmm. this uh, only digital wow. companies. In Italy, they are, we are year after year winning over booking trip advisors, Expedia for everything related to Sardinia. So
0: that's uh, that's, like, that's a win. That's
1: incredible, right? Yes, in fact, it's not. I mean, it's not even the client that, uh, that is paying me the most. Actually, it one of the Client, it's a client, but he's paying the less because somehow we maintain the relation and working together, but more like a friend. After 20 I love years.
0: that. And I, I mean, love that. You love um, your tools, this is rank. Maybe, oh, I was just gonna say I love. I know you love your tools, but rank your top three SEO tools.
1: Uh, Side bump, sure.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't, obviously, along with
1: uh, I don't want to to, to forget Screaming Frog. Oh, of course. Uh, but Sidebulb, uh, maybe because of the uh, easiness of its uh, use of its usability and uh, maybe because I really know the guys behind Sidebulb. That's why I love Sidebulb. Sistrix, uh, mm-hmm. because uh, I was one of the very first ones in Spain, along with others, like Alayda for instance, but I started to use Syslix and the guys of Syslix was really teaching us how to use it and I consider it its visibility score maybe the most accurate uh, metrics around about the visibility of our website. And then obviously I cannot forget Href or SEMrush because uh, not for their uh, crawling part especially SEMrush but surely for many other things are really time saver and so on. there are other tools like Keyword Insights, as we were telling before, uh, yeah. uh, for clustering and uh, things to make our job faster, surely are wonderful. But let's say, the one that I use daily are Setbulb, Stitch, Dixon, SEMrush,
0: Slash, HREV. Oh, so hard to just pick three. Okay, rank, rank your yes. best SEO tactic. Haha. <laughs>
1: My best, I say, I, I mean, it's a uh, way to look at the perception, but um, for me, it's uh, um, I don't know, it, I don't want to fall into the it depends, I don't want to say <laughs> it, but uh, hey, it's an say, SEO podcast, it
0: has to come yeah, up at some point,
1: but uh, let's say, in general, it's um. um my first one is to, would be to ask to a client to do a, a customer survey.
0: Okay. I love that. The market survey, so
1: because to, to really understand that if what I'm seeing on Google is really what people are searching, to understand there is a, 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 you know, a, 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 there is a synchronicity to, from what Google is presenting us and what people are searching for you. And sometimes in the gap you can find the opportunity. So this is uh, surely one tactic that I, I I, would suggest. And the other one is to um, take your time and be, uh, and be the user of your client website. Mm. And start looking at it and start searching about the things is selling, is writing about. Try to be, to become a leader expert, more expert and don't just trust with what they tell you. about uh, the keyword uh, ecosphere related to your client. Just try to, that's why this implicates the fact that you are searching and looking at reserves. And then go for the image tags. Image tags are fundamental. They are giving you the perfect entity uh, information related to your most important uh, entity, your own entity you want to target.
0: That's huge. OK, here's another tough one. Rank what you love most about SEO. What's the number one thing?
1: Oh, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I love to talk about strategic SEO, but I'm specializing in international SEO. It was an obvious specialization being an Italian because Italian is just substantially just in Italy. So <laughs> when my first client were Italian, Companies, obviously, we wanted to to, to inter- internationalize their business, you needed to do international SEO. But international SEO is fun because it goes far over the technical side, far over the things that you're doing for your nation, because you need to understand what are when ones, how people are ser- is searching in the States. Uh, what are the differences with people searching in Greece? And what are the search behavior of people? The search behavior usually implies a difference in culture. Obviously, we are talking about globalization, even if it's a concept which is, which is living a good crisis now. But uh, that's why I always talk, you know, we should talk about globalization. Go yeah. global, but think local. So this is uh, nice for me because it's making my work more interesting uh, about new culture, culture that I don't know. For instance, uh, when I was working with a Mexican client and I was telling them just out of my mind, why in the Mexican website they're always showing beautiful white men and women when substantially the 90% of the population in Mexico is Mestiza. And they say because even the mestizo want to see white men and women in the the telenovelas and uh, in everywhere, also the website. It's a cultural thing, which is affecting also the mestizo. So the people coming from chapas, for instance. So this is something where there was... now i understand maybe i cannot accept it from my point of view my cultural yeah. point of view but i mean i can understand it yeah but this is when coming into how to to something that you don't
0: yeah you have so many cultures if you don't know yeah. it, you you don't know what you don't know um, it, i gotta ask you what's your what's your rank your best learning seo resource where do you learn about seo
1: uh uh, um, maybe because it's oh, I've always lived into that social media, but Twitter surely is my first source of information. And um, with, a promise, you have to really be able to create your own, the people you are following, your timeline, because if yeah. not, you are going to see uh, people always talk about the Twitter dramas. I must be honest, I never saw a Twitter drama in my timeline in my timeline. Maybe because I'm not don't f I am not do not i do not follow people that are involved so much in Twitter drama. I see sometimes. Uh Master Donor actually in the lately is becoming another source. Uh, and then obviously I kind of forget I newsletter. So for was- most more-
0: yeah, such a good
1: it. newsletter. Yeah, it's a really good one, and uh, there are obviously others newsletter, but this is the one that is stuck in my mind because I really, maybe because she sent it about run We live in the same country, so we. When the letter right in time for me, and it's not coming late when I'm. Coming out when I'm already working. So
0: I love that. But Speaking it, of Aleda, I got to ask you, and this is probably the most unfair question, but rank your top three SEOs or marketers that you most look up to.
1: Alaida <laughs> uh, for sure. Aleda, not just for, his, for her knowledge, but for my generosity. She, she has in sharing everything. Uh, also, because he, she is a really good friend, so it would be unfair not to cite her. Uh, not because we are in the Apple rank uh, podcast, but Mike. Yeah. That I know since it was two thousand twelve. Wow. We met. We knew in a in a in a my first Moscon, and I think it was also his first Moscon as an attendee. And he was going through, through uh, the Ayat Palace with a sort of badge with a eye rank. And <laughs> of, of our Twitter, so I'm up right?" So I knew him uh, at that time. And yeah, he is a wonderful mind. Sometimes, mm, sometimes with a little defect that he thinks that everybody understands what he says especially when it goes very geeky and yes. it can be hard, can be hard, so... It, it, Super
0: technical, good stuff. Now,
1: maybe too much to advance for certain kind of things. I mean, sometimes they should try to be a little more uh, divulgated or in this sense, so don't give for us uh, as an assumption that everybody understands you. Luckily, I understand 90% of what he says, and then yeah. I have a time to go deep and reading right. and go finding the resources from where I can understand better what he says. Ben, oh yeah, there are surely many others. AJ Conn, for instance, yeah. for me is a, a wonderful one. And uh, Kevin Indig is not just SEO, but uh, if you love strategy, Kevin Indig is maybe one of the most best-minded strategy, digital marketing strategy and are people that I really like. They are not known for sure because uh, they are Italians. They talk in Italian. They really influential in Italy. For instance, there is one guy, Giorgio Taverniti. When I talk about uh, Google, Liquid Google is actually a definition by Giorgio, and Giorgio is could be between brackets considered somehow as Rand Fishkin was considered before leaving. leaving most gotcha. he's a person that uh, created the first SEO forum in Italy, which is still active. So the most influential person in search in Italy, and uh, also the organizer of the most important SEO conference in Italy. So surely Giorgio for me is one of the reference since when I started. Yeah, So wow. And he's younger than me. <laughs> and so, <laughs> but and with the time we became really good friends and many things. We discuss a lot of things, but we as we are discussing now.
0: That's such a such a great list of people. And and finally, Gianluca, what is rank your number one cause or charity that you'd want to promote?
1: Uh, let's go local, as I was saying before, because there is uh, actually here in Valencia, but I, I um, back, back the up one local uh, uh, how do you call it, uh, um, no-profit, which is... Yes. My name is Casa de la Caridad, which is an historical uh, no-profit here in Valencia, which is helping homeless, and since back from the crisis of 2008, also yeah. many, many, many families that actually are not homeless, but sincerely can have That's the okay. opportunity to... to, to to end the month with all the money, so we need uh, help. Then, more internationally, so for the friends outside of Spain and listening to us, uh, Red Cross mm-hmm. and uh, ACNUR. ACNUR is the non profit by the uh, United Nations for the protection of the refugees. And uh, in our here have okay, we have the Ukraine cases, but we still have the Syrian cases. We all forgotten wars around the world, so this is something which is important for me to, to pay attention to.
0: Absolutely, John Luca, this has been an awesome, fascinating conversation. I really enjoy. I enjoy geeking out with you. Um, I gotta ask. I mean, we already talked Twitter, but where's the best way to find you online if someone wants to get in touch after this podcast?
1: As I was telling you, uh, Twitter. Still, yeah. uh, despite all everything, Elon Musk. Uh, you can find me on Twitter as GFiorelli1, and uh, you can find me on Mastodon. I mean, in Mastodon, I am but the same handle. I since when I was not even working in as an SEO, GFiorelli1 was always my handle in every in every possible uh, internet community. From
0: back to the so, to the AOL days. Uh, you know why?
1: <laughs> uh, that, that's fun. You know why the one. At what? the handle G Fiorelli and not G Fiorelli. Yeah, because at the time my uncle, geez, Giorgio Fiorelli, uh, so he was putting G Fiorelli. And so he was always taking the handle before me. <laughs> so I needed to put add something, okay, uno, one. <laughs> so that's why I'm um,
0: I get that. I'm still fighting apparently there's a Garrett Sussman out there who in the US who's the CPA who's like very well known in the SERPS. I'm like, how, how is there another Garrett Sussman? How's that even how does that even happen? I know. Yeah. And anyway, this has been fantastic. Uh, once again, so definitely follow Gianluca on Twitter. Sure. Uh, read his article about the messy middle and whatever he puts out, it's all great stuff. My name is Garrett Sussman, Demand Generation Manager at iPool Rank. This has been the Rankable Podcast, and we will catch you next week. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.